0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 331 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit and Kentucky Performance Products. This week, we learn about the Western Pennsylvania Dressage Camp for Adults, and we get a trainer tip from Eliza Rom. Plus, we hear from our legacy listener, Rhonda. Listen in.
2: Grace Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
1: This is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, guys. Hey, Phil. Hi, Glen. You have the month, right? I yes.
2: know. Oh my! What <laughs> happened to September?
1: <laughs> I know. It's
0: full oh, of horse shows and, and it, stuff and riding. It, and it, you guys get a break weather. in two months. You'll get a break in two months for about a week for about a week yeah Yeah,
2: a little break a little break Yep. wait this is for sure fall for me is a really busy time and we go to regionals next week so we're all sort of gearing up for that and um hopefully then we can gear up for nationals um and so yeah it's just busy and it seems like fall especially in kentucky fall's an awesome time uh and this year we have the breeders cup coming and there's just a lot going on so it's really cool it's really fun
1: you're, you're gonna a have a busy. Up. T- I'm doing a lot of gearing down. Yeah, I guess and, <laughs> and, and it's getting chilly up there.
2: Yeah, so. yeah, it was very chilly today. My fresh. goodness, here yeah. I can't imagine Canada. Oh boy,
1: <laughs> it's not that <laughs> different. I thought we decided that a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
2: <different>. Yeah, but <laughs> Phil and Mayor are gonna come and visit for the Breeders' Cup weekend, and yeah, it's gonna be lots of fun. Right.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff <laughs> going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So That's we got fun. a little bit of news, I guess, to to get yeah. to about dressage. Uh, um, there was the Central Park Horse Show on the East Coast, I guess, in New York, uh, which was won, again, by Isabel Verth. So congratulations to Isabel and El Santo. They repeat as the Central Park Horse Show Freestyle Victor. So that's sort of a special show. I think there was only um, eight competitors or so. Canadians: Tina Wilhelmson. Uh, Charlotte was supposed to ride Vallejo, but then she opted not to, to travel all the way over here. so uh, she Actually, actually wrote with, she um, did
0: travel over.
2: She herself did. Yes, she traveled. Yeah. Blegger yeah, right. Right. stayed home. Did
0: you see the picture of her with the Pope in the back?
2: I did. That was so <laughs> cool. She's my hero. You guys know that. Dressage <laughs> royalty that.
0: and Catholic royalty all in awesome. the same picture. There
2: all my, yeah, those, my uh, there's my lots favorite. of cool
0: pictures floating around all over the place. She mm-hmm. ended up riding um, a
1: Canadian competitor, Evie Strasser's Horse Renaissance Time, uh, to do a bit of a, de- a masterclass demo and um and she she wrote the freestyle uh, just demonstrated her freestyle um with Renaissance Time. So so that was pretty cool. I heard great reviews about the show and how much fun it was and uh,
3: Yeah, it looked like a
2: lot of fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, we got we got to make it up to that show sometime.
2: I know. I know, for sure. It's just if anything, it's just super fun. So. Yeah. I love it. Well, cool. Well, also some other news US um U.S.'s Stefan Peters uh, is currently ranked in the top 25 with both his horses, Legolas and Rosamunda. Wow. Um, Legolas is number nine. Uh, let's see. Um, sorry, yeah. Stefan remains number nine in the world with Legolas, and Rosamunda moved to 24th from 29th at the end of August. So, sorry, I should just read it properly. And <laughs> cool. Yeah. So uh, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Congrats to him and his whole team. They work super hard, and that's a lot of fun for them.
0: Our dressage royalty. Yes. Fantastic. (laughs) American royalty. (laughs) And then there was a
1: ton of stuff going on with the, uh, with not dressage radio show, but the Horse Radio Network. Tell us a little bit about... International Podcast Day.
0: Yeah, International Podcast Day was Wednesday, and we had a ton of our listeners, including the Dressage listeners, posting about that and sending people to us, and we appreciate everybody that gave us some love on that day on Facebook and Twitter and all over the place. We had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of our listeners posting, and I, I only saw some of them, so I don't know how many were total. Uh, We had hundreds of people download the app, which is the biggest day we've ever had for app downloads uh, for the Horse Radio Network app. So that was cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That really was very cool. cool. We did a live show, uh, horses in the morning. We did live from Disney World. We got to go down there. Doctor Wendy from the driving <laughs> radio show came up, and we got to go down and spend the day Tuesday. Uh, we rode horses at Disney. Uh, they took us out on a neat trail ride. We got to see Disney deer, and they were real, not animated. Um, <laughs> we got <laughs> to how see- do you know? <laughs> yeah, really good really robots. Real.
2: I have to a bone to pick. I mean, Phil and I were not invited to the Disney World. We're I mean, I'm I'm kind of I, I would have liked to have come.
0: Yeah, yeah, is you wouldn't have. You're so busy. You've been complaining about being so busy, so I didn't want to disturb you.
2: Well, <laughs> you know, I could move some things around, Glenn. It was,
0: it was fun. Was the they treated us like royalty. Speaking of royalty, they did. They took us on carriage rides. We got to meet all the horses. Our favorite horse there, you guys will love this, is a, it was a Clydesdale. They have a lot of draft horses for the for the carriages and for the pull the trolley on Main Street and, and the parades and stuff. So, But they have one that they got as a seventh- month old is a Clydesdale uh, named Jacob, and Jacob is 19 and a half hands. Uh, He was one big big
3: horse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've owned 18 and a half hand percherons, but this thing just, oh, he was incredible. And as sweet as could be. Wow. That's good their horses yeah, it has to be sweet that big. I just have to tell you you know I love a lot of people worry about the care of the horses when they're at places like that. These people love those horses. They live for those horses. Those horses are so fat and happy uh, and just happy. You, you know we always say Dr. Wendy and I have this discussion because she's a traditional Chinese medicine doctor in addition to a vet And we always say when you walk into a barn and you guys will relate to this too, when you walk into any barn, Whether it's a competitor's barn or just a family's barn or, you know, or a large barn at a big park. When you walk into a barn, every barn has a feel. Mm -hmm. A a stressful feel or, you know, an agitated feel or a peaceful feel or every barn has a feel. And you can tell right away if you're a horse person. When we walked in those barns, it was so peaceful, so calm, so quiet. All the horses were munching and happy. They had these huge stalls. uh, And it just was peaceful. And it was, uh, as uh, you know, as Wendy said, he, she said it was one of the happiest barns I've ever been in. So awesome. oh, That's yeah. nice to hear, it's, isn't it? Awesome. Awesome. It is. And we, you know, we took the rides on the on the school horses, which know the route. You know, you didn't mm-hmm. have to hold the reins or touch anything. And I rode, <laughs> by the way, guys. Wow! I was Good on a horse. You. I don't know if you saw Look the pictures. Saw photo. Yeah. Yes, that's fantastic. Yeah. I did not fall off. Um, and I, I rode. You know. I pretty much yeah. didn't have to do anything but sit there, which was good. <laughs> so, That's so cool. It was awesome. fun. We had a great time. If you want to hear that show, they uh, we had a couple people on from there that talked all about Walt Disney and the history of horses at at Disneyland and Disney World, and it was a fascinating conversation. It really was. So, well, it, so
1: Walt, Walt was it was a, a horsey kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, he was
0: a polo player uh, uh-huh. back in the like 1930s That's or 40s. Nice. He had a bad accident, fell off, and couldn't ride uh, too much anymore, but he loved horses. He loved miniature horses. Uh, and when he started the uh, Disneyland in the 1950s, he had a bunch of horses. There was a whole bunch of horse-drawn wagons in the parades. They had a mule train you could take rides on for several years uh, <laughs> through the hills outside of Disney, uh, Disney there. Um, yeah. He had all kinds of horses in the park. He loved westerns. He he just loved horses. He rode horses. You'd see him riding horses on Main Street uh, during parades and stuff. Uh, so yes, he was a huge horse guy. Cool. They they had a competition percheron hitch eight in hand uh, no that they kidding. competed at fairs all across the country. Oh, and really? it was the Disney hitch, and uh, yeah. they would go across the country and they won the world uh, the. Uh, American Championships one year, and they figured they'd go out on top because they're Disney, so they quit after that. <laughs> so. Well, you know, there's well, something there you to be go. said about that. <laughs> it was For, fascinating, sure. fun, fun time. Sounds That's
3: like awesome. a great show. Yes, uh, yeah, I want to go next year. Okay, <laughs> definitely want to go next year. Well,
0: while you guys are going to be together in Kentucky, Jennifer and I are flying out. We're going to be with Jamie, host of the morning show, in Arizona, and then we're heading off to Monty Roberts Farm, and we're oh, going to we're going to do a show in California from Flag Is Up Farm. So we'll be doing that actually the same weekend year together. Uh, same weekend year together. So we'll be out there. pretty cool. A lot going on here. I know. I love it. Can I introduce our first guest? Will you let me? Please. All right. We, I got a, I did an interview last week. For, it was for International Podcast Day in honor of that because we have one listener. She's a dressage writer, and she's Canadian. You'll be proud. Yes. You'll be proud hey, of both Phil. of those things, Phil. I am, things, proud. Phil. I am you, proud. You've met Rhonda before. Yes, of course. Rhonda Crabtree is our only l- remaining that we know about legacy listener. And what that means is she has listened to every episode of every show since day one eight years ago. And to give you perspective, that means she's listened to 4,300 episodes. None of us have listened. I haven't listened to all the episodes. So, wow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And she Fantastic. has. She
0: has honestly done this. I know because she, she talks to me about most of them. So I thought, who could we better interview for International Podcast Day than our legacy listener, Rhonda? So let's take our, a listen. Our
1: favorite podcast
2: fan. Yay, fans. Rhonda. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: Hi, Glenn the Geek here with a very short segment for you in honor of International Podcast Day on Wednesday, September the 30th. You can find out all the details about International Podcast Day at internationalpodcastday.com. It's a day when we encourage you to go on to all your social media, your Twitters and your Facebooks, and post that you love podcasts. Uh, Tell all your friends about the Horse Radio Network and the other shows that you listen to. That's what International Podcast Day is all about, and we're extending it to the whole week. So just go on, hop on there, and put a link to our shows. We would appreciate the support. And we have with me today our, as far as we know, only legacy listener left, and that is Rhonda out of Canada. What that means is Rhonda has listened to every episode that we've done, which is now uh, probably approaching 4,300 episodes since day one. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for being our legacy listener and for hanging in there all these years.
4: Well, thank you for putting out such great shows
0: to listen to. And I have not even listened to all the episodes. So you're the only one, literally, I think. I'm the only one. <laughs> that's right. And there are some <laughs> listeners who do not believe that you have done this, but I happen to know that you have because you comment almost every week. You, you get in touch with me and comment about a couple of the episodes. So
5: Yeah, that's yeah. true.
0: So I kind of, uh, I will vouch for Rhonda. And besides, Canadians don't lie. Yeah, yeah, they never lie. No, they never lie. So now, why did you start listening to podcasts in the first place, even before HRN? Or was HRN your first?
4: It wasn't my first. WDW Today was my first. Um, And we started listening to that, I think we'd been on a trip to Disney World in 2007, and we came home, and we're missing the world, so we started listening to the podcast, and then I started listening to you, I think it was about 2008, because because an email came from the 2010 WEG um, emails, and at the bottom was a little link to your 2010 podcast. So I saw that link and went, oh, there's a horse podcast, because I think I typed horse in into itunes or whatever a few times and and never come up with anything
0: there were a couple of podcasts that had come and gone like had done a couple episodes and then quit about horses when we started but nobody that you know was really sticking with it or trying to go big with it right Uh, so yeah so you were at the very first episode of stable scoop back in 2008 uh, and then we we did uh, the 2010 radio show was the next one to come along, and then all the others after that. Do you? Why do you like podcasts? What what? What's the thing that dr- drives you to listen to them? And I know we're not the um, only ones you listen to.
4: I think it's just like learning things about about things that I like. Um, I, I, I don't know. Listening to music over and over is just kind of it's fun. <laughs>
3: There's
4: nothing wrong with listening to music, but I'd rather learn something and you know sort of feel engaged when i'm driving and walking the dogs and
0: so the on demand part of it is also important yes yeah. Yeah. now yeah. and you're a rider but i would say that you're probably like kind of our average listener in that you're not not a high level competitor you have a horse you ride you have a horse husband um, you have dogs, and you just love horses, and I think that kind of puts you in there with 99% of our audience.
4: Yep, yep. I think I'm probably just like everybody else, for the most part.
0: What? How do you listen to the shows now?
4: Um, they go onto my iTunes. Okay. My husband plugs in my iPod every night, and then he brings it up in the morning, and there's more shows on it.
0: Well, anybody that's new to listening, uh, you can also listen. You can listen on iTunes. There's a ton of different podcast players. I actually use one called Pocket Casts. It's an app for your phone uh, where I listen to all my podcasts. And, of course, the Horse Radio Network uh, app is free, and it's easy, and iOS or Android, you can do either with that. Well, Rhonda, we certainly do appreciate you being an auditor and also being a legacy listener. Uh, and thank you for listening all of these years. We really appreciate your support, and it's been fun to meet you. And I, am, I also appreciate personally your input, because anytime I need to ask a question about a show, I know Rhonda's listened. Yeah, that's true. So I can just always ask. That's right. I always ask her about it, and it's great. So if you like the shows, head on over to Facebook or Twitter, post on there, you know, that you like them, post a link to our shows or to the app or something, and we would be thrilled for your support. And thank you so much, Rhonda, for joining us. Well,
4: thank you.
2: Right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to talk with Barbara Kostak on organizing an adult dressage clinic.
3: He was her first love, the one that started it all. He taught her how to master the posting trot and navigate her first hunter course. They spent hours together exploring the trails and hanging out in the barn. His name was doodled on every page in her school notebook. His coat gleamed in the sun as he met her at the gate each day, snuffling for a treat. From the first time she saw him poking his head out of the stall to the last time she patted him goodbye, he was, and always will be, her everything. This love story is brought to you by Nalox Advanced, providing complete support for a healthy digestive tract, which reduces the risk of colic and digestive upset. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today.
2: Well, this evening, I am so excited to have Barbara Costigan. on. She was our organizer for the WPDA adult clinic that we had over the weekend. And I was up with them uh, outside of Pittsburgh. Barbara, welcome to the show.
6: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah. Well, we were chatting at the clinic, and this is such a unique idea of uh, everybody coming together from the club, and everyone has a great time. And there's two clinicians, uh, myself and, and Kate fleming Coon, did this year. Uh, this is our second year in a row. And uh, it was just really, it's such a fun event. So I asked you to come on the program to kind of talk about how you organize it and and sort of the whole idea behind the camp. So I'll let you get started.
6: Okay. Um, I can tell you a little bit of the history. Uh, I I dug around a little bit because I'm fairly new. I'm newer to the Pittsburgh area, so I'm newer to this particular organization. It's not something that my old organization did. It's very unique, you're right. Yeah. Um, what their idea is, is there's lots of things for the kids to do. There's, you've got your d for k you've got your pony clubs, your 4 H, or whatever it is. But there's not a lot for the older adult, the amateur. And this was a way for them to get together and have a really good time and learn a lot, a ton, a ton over the weekend. Um, I it- went as a participant the first year, and the person that was organizing it, and who, who you met, Diana Pasternak, um, was stepping down, and I gladly stepped in, because I, it definitely had to, to continue happening.
2: Yeah, so um, tell us a little bit about the schedule, because it's a little bit of a unique, um, it's a unique schedule. So how, do, how does it work?
6: We have the two clinicians come in. Um, ideally we like them to be complementary because there's been a couple years where their teaching styles haven't been complementary, So it's a little disjointed and you and Kate work together so well. It's just perfect. But and we've known, yeah, Kate and you I ride with one, you, you ride with one clinician the first day, uh, 45 minutes in the morning and a half hour in the afternoon. And then the other clinician you ride on the set with on the second day. And the third day is pretty much just quick half-hour rides um, just to sort of recap, uh, answer questions, you know, maybe work on that one thing that you were stuck on over the weekend. Um, and everyone's tired. And Yeah,
2: <laughs> you guys were really tired. <laughs> everyone's I think there tired. had been a little bit of a party the night of. I, I'm, I'm not judging. I, I would have been at the party myself. But you guys had a good time on Saturday night. But that's the idea of the clinic as well. But so, so basically everybody rides the first two days with each clinician, 45 minutes in in the morning, and then actually coming back in the afternoon for a half an hour, um, which was great as a clinician because, um, and I think there was, was there six in each group? Is that right?
6: There were six. There's 12 riders total that participate in the weekend. So yeah. you each see six each day and then you see everybody on Sunday. Right, and um, it, it's I think great. you liked it because you saw an improvement in the afternoon, or you were able to pick something from the morning and continue to work on it.
2: Yeah, and and that's great because you know not a lot of times people ride twice a day, um, and and it, everybody was very tired on Sunday, but it is nice to sort of digest. Uh, your lesson and then come back in the afternoon and really you can ask questions or you could, um, you know, you had our attention again for a half an hour. And I think that that was really helpful for all the riders. Uh, And then in the, in the evening uh, we also give a lecture. So there's times we get together and everybody has dinner together. And uh, then the clinicians give a little lecture, uh, which is great. And again, more time to spend, with the clinician and as, as together as a group. And that's one of the things that I found was fantastic is um, it's really a culture that it's supposed to be a fun weekend. Everybody really looks forward to being with their friends um, and then having, you know, some extra attention, um, which was fantastic. So we get to know as clinicians, the uh, participants and the participants have a a lot of time to interact with us. Uh, which I think is fantastic,
6: right. right? And 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 also, most of the people, except for a handful of of the participants, are not people that are out showing every weekend. They truly are the adult amateurs. They're the ones that want to go to a show. They want to go to the schooling show. They're may, they may be brave enough to go to a schooling show, but not a recognized show. Or they're still working up their their nerves to do a show. Uh, either or, a schooling show or um, a recognized show. And, and so it is truly about the adult amateur, and that's really what the club is all about as well. I mean, you do have your professionals in the club. You have the, the folks that make their living um, with the horses, but the majority of the members are, are, are that adult amateur.
2: So what are some challenges for you as an organizer organizing this event? If somebody were to say, okay, you know, this is a great idea. I want to organize this for my club. What are some tips you could give somebody for organizing uh, adult clinic? The
6: hardest the hardest part of of, of the organiza- organization is finding the venue.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say that, you know, you've got to have a venue that's got stalls and a place you can work. and uh, And I guess they have an indoor where, you know, near Pittsburgh. Yeah.
6: Mhm. Yes. And yes. Indoor when, and an indoor, in and outdoor. We,
2: but we were stuck inside, weren't we?
6: <laughs> we were. We were stuck inside this weekend. Normally, we have one ride going outside and one going inside. But because of the weather this weekend, we we were fortunate enough to have the indoor that we it's big enough that we we could have two people going at the same time. Yep. Um, that that is the biggest challenge, and and we're very very thankful for Lynn and Sam Viviano and the, and and Rocking Bee Stables. To allow us to come and invade their space every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we didn't have that we, that opportunity, we would be searching around for something else. And it's hard. That, that, is, that is truly the biggest challenge. And then I would think after that is just finding the right to the clinicians to come in. Uh, after that, things sort of start to fall into place.
2: And how do the riders sign up? Did, uh, they sign up pretty early in, in advance, right?
6: Yes, they do. Our opening date is July 1st. Uh, This year, we started something new where it was only open to our membership for the first two weeks, uh, and we were filled in a week. So this camp has become uh, something that people look forward to. I had entries coming to me um, in express service. (laughs) They wanted to make sure (laughs) they they got in. Yeah, they wanted in there.
1: Yeah.
6: They did. Excellent. Uh, And then we'll open it up to non-members as well if if spaces don't fill up. Uh, But this was the first year, I think, uh, that it was completely filled by our membership.
2: Well, it was a lot of fun as a clinician, and I I hope everybody, and it seemed like everybody had a blast as uh, kind of, you know, clinic, participants. Um, so Barbara, how if somebody was interested in organizing this for their own club, uh, how do they get in touch with you for some ideas?
6: Um, they can certainly email me. Uh, my email address is B as in boy, the number three, J as in Josh, and the last name Kostick, K-O-S as in Sam, T-I-C, at K-O-L dot com. Um, it really wasn't once you got the venue and you got the clinicians together, um uh, the food orders we, we provide food for the entire weekend, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Sunday's potluck though. And nobody's allowed to leave the premises until all the food is gone. <laughs>
2: <So>. <laughs> and you guys um, do it, it's it's fun. There's a there's plenty of um alcoholic beverages and food and that's sort of what makes the, the weekend fun for everybody. So you do a great job with It that.
6: is fun. It's and it's because, you know, it's it's the, in the fall. Uh, it's a great catalyst for me to go into the winter. Uh, and I get a lot of ideas and a lot of things to work on. And, and then hopefully the next year when you both come back, you'll see an improvement.
2: Absolutely. Well, I can't wait. And, Barbara, thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, we hope other clubs uh, organize the same clinic. It's really a lot of fun and, and really brings the club together.
6: But you know what? Let me just one more, one more mention. Um, the shout-outs are all on our website, with WTDA. Western Pennsylvania Dressage Organization. Uh, there is a link there for the adult clinic. Um, it kind of gives a recap and an idea of what our weekend looks like. Uh, awesome. If someone were interested in looking at, at that. And then get in touch with me and I'd be glad to help you throw it.
2: Cool. Fantastic. Cool. Thanks so much.
0: This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that
7: Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. Totalsaddlefit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available.
0: At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com.
2: Well, tonight for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we have Eliza Sidner-Rom. She's a USDF bronze, silver, and gold medalist and a certified instructor through fourth level. And she just got back from a month in Germany studying with Oliver Ulrich. Eliza, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, we are super excited to get started with our total saddle fit tip of the week. So, what is your tip for tonight?
5: My tip is for riders who experience horses that are very different feeling in the two reins. Let's say the left rein feels heavy and stiff, and the horse maybe feels too light or much lighter on the right rein. And I think a lot of times, People will feel that and focus on the heavy or the stiff rain and think, oh, the source is so heavy on the left brain. I got to bend it. I got to get it off the left brain. But it is usually the other rain that is the problem. So, in this example, the right brain, they're not seeking enough. They're not drawing on that enough. So, I try to tell myself when I feel that to resist the urge to bend them and get them off of the heavy rain and try to turn my focus to the other rain and get them to push more steadily into that rain and try to find a little more solid connection on that side and then voila the stiff yucky rain is hopefully a little bit lighter um and maybe not immediately but (laughs) eventually yeah this is huge this happens to a ton of people yeah
1: yeah, it's super yeah, common. I think most
5: horses are not even in the two reins. I mean, I can think of very few horses that I've ridden over my lifetime that were totally even in the two reins, and that's our goal as a trainer to make them as even as we can. But I think the vast majority of horses are uneven in the two reins, so it's just a, a way to shift your thinking, also, to to think what to do instead of what not to do when you're when you're thinking, oh, this horse is so heavy on this one side and that, that's sort of the negative side of things. But if you can think of what to do, get them to seek the other rein, then um, it's a more positive way of approaching it.
1: When I, when I watch a horse that has a little bit of this issue, it's, it's usually a hind leg that, is, that doesn't track as much, you know, one hind leg that yes. uh, doesn't track as much as the other hind leg. So I like the idea of, you know, getting the horse to push more towards the, towards the the light rain rather than pulling mm-hmm. the horse off of the heavy rain. Right. You know, just mm-hmm. different ways of saying the same thing, you know, exactly what you said, but, um, i like to have a picture of what, what is happening underneath me that causes mm-hmm. this problem. So do you have yeah, uh, some specific easily- exercises that, that I, I can think of a few, but, um, that, that you would use to help with this problem?
5: Well, in a, In a fairly basic way, I would say if we go back to our example of the horse that's very heavy in the left rein and not enough in the right rein, um, I would often then uh, go to the right, track to the right, and make the right rein on the inside that I can kind of turn my focus to making the horse bend around my right leg, getting that right hind underneath themselves, and um, find a steady contact, as steady as I can, even if it's very, very light, with the right rein and then try to keep that connection as I go back to the left. Um, and then, um, I totally agree, Bill, that it's, you know, it's, it's the hind legs that are probably not equally strong. And definitely in this case, you're not going to have a hundred percent straight horse when you have this uneven feeling in the context. So wherever this specific horse needs help with straightening, um, you no, know, probably trying to get them to carry the weight equally on both hind legs. So, shoulder in, um, possibly with a young horse, a little bit of leg yield to get them to bring one hind leg under them more and push into the rein that they need to take more. So, I would say leg yielding and shoulder in are some pretty common exercises to use. And then um, supplementing exercises like figure eights or serpentines to try to turn your focus to getting a connection on the rain that's too light.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, my favorite exercise when I have this happen, and, and I have this, my Denali, who we all know is perfect. That's my special horse, Eliza, he's very strong left. (laughs) And I really do a lot of leg yielding to my right rein and especially Mm -hmm. feeling it in my right elbow. You know, I, I really Mm -hmm. say, Hey, you've got to take the right rein. And then in turn, I'll do kind of a leg yield zigzag with him. So I'll leg yield from left to right to the right rein. And then I'll say, okay, now we got a leg yield right to left to the left rein. So that's one of my favorite exercises um, for horses that want to be really strong on one rein or the other. And just kind of essentially forcing them with the leg yield to go to either outside rein that I need. Phil, how about you? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, um, like Eliza said, it's a, it's really a, it's a straightness pushing problem. I um, depending on on the level of the horse, but I like to do uh, a little round bear, you know, because um, mm-hmm. when you do shoulder in, it can cause the horse to get even more crooked. You know, the horse will start to sort of. Fall away from being underneath you, and really still not taking that. So I might start in a little shoulder in, and then and then sort of try and really get the the neck and the shoulders lined up because I don't want really a, a, a wonky neck because then I'll end up with a horse that's even more crooked. So uh, you know I'm trying really trying to line the horse up, and then I'll, and then I'll drive them you know really strong into the bridle. You know, because you know the, the lateral work can cause the horse to get a little bit behind the leg because they're set up in different angles that they're not they're not really comfortable with. So I think it's really important, um, especially in the beginning when you're starting to teach the horse, this stuff is to really ride to it, right? Because you know, in the end, you've got to make two even strong hind legs. You know, and and so it's not really about going sideways this way that way. You know, they've got to really make big steps as as you're as you're teaching them lateral stuff. So I think that's really important. If if in the end you're gonna you know you're gonna come out of the shoulder in or out of the romper or out of the leg yield and have a straight horse that's that sort of uh, learned to access the hind legs and and the power of it, of his own body so um, I think there's a lot of ways to sort of, I've I've seen a lot of different um, techniques for for fixing these problems but I think uh, a, a central theme is is about riding forward. And and uh, and and not pulling, right? I think you know, Mm -hmm. get right back to where we started. Is don't start pulling on the one rein, and 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 thinking that's going to solve the problem. The horse is just going to is still going to trot smaller and smaller and smaller, and it's going to get worse. I mean, you have to, you know, teach the horse how to use both hind legs really evenly, and uh, and carry himself evenly in, in in both sides, and and then. You can sort of deal if there's a bit of a stiffness problem here or there, you can deal with that. But, um, you know, it's about carrying power and fitness and, you know, stretching and, and these kinds of things that, that I think will get more to the root of the problem rather than sort yeah. of jabbing on the mouth. Because it's not a mouth problem, yeah. right? Yeah, so.
5: yeah, exactly. That's another good way to think of it is it's not a mouth problem. Um, you're, what you're feeling is a symptom in the mouth, but that's not the disease. That's not the root problem. So I think also always going back to checking on your seat and position and making sure that you're even and balanced because usually we're not 100%. And then um, being able to, to, like you said, really push them forward into both reins and and remember that it's not, this is not something that you can fix very quickly. You're going to develop them over years into a more even contact. Um, but you're not going to be able to get them even within one ride, for sure.
1: No, unless it's a saddle issue or, like you said, a rider, you know, falling off to one side. I'm sure you know we have lots of those mm-hmm. sort of, you know, if we have a strong side, maybe maybe you're driving way more with your right leg than you than you're able to with the left. So you've got to sort of evaluate mm-hmm. that whether the rider is causing the problem. Um, yeah,
2: and well, and I think the yeah. horse too. You know, I mean, it could very well be a weakness behind. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. you can't discount that. That There there could be some body issues on why the horse is doing this for one way yeah. or the other. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, you have chiropractic to. chiropractic sure. yeah. an
1: idea to think about. Yeah, there might be or a something. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I think you have to be at least sensitive to that, at least get it checked out, especially if it changes. You know, I think that the, the horse can be strong. You know, it can change, but I think that that's if it becomes very strong or it's or it's always the left rein or it's always the right rein. It may be worth also riding, but it may be also worth talking to your vet or your chiropractor and, you know, seeing kind of as a, as a whole unit, that would be my
1: two cents to that. Good point. Good point. Well, I think that was an awesome trainer tip, Eliza. Thank you for joining us tonight and giving us something to think about and some things to work on when we're riding. Um, How can people find you online?
5: Um, You can go to my website, which is www.elizasidnordressage.com, or you can find me on Facebook at Eliza Sidner Dressage. So thanks again for having me. This was super fun.
2: Thanks, Eliza. Thanks. Well, Eliza was fantastic, and I think that's a tip that will help a lot of people. And always a good reminder for both Phil and I as we're riding through the day. So, everyone, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Actually, Followers- uh,
1: but wait, wait, wait. Wait, before oh. you all get rest. Whoa. We are so close to 3,000 3, likes on Facebook. We oh. just <gasps> need a few more. We are? Yeah.
0: What?
3: Oh, come excited.
1: on, everybody. I watch that
0: all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, I just looked. You're at 2985.
2: Oh, yeah. so we need 15 more likes. Okay. So, everybody, please like us on Facebook so we can get over this 3,000 likes bump. bump. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. You can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. Phil, do you have an update on that? No, that, I, no, no, not no a, I was just yeah. on the Facebook
1: thing. I, I hey, watched.
0: I can tell you on Twitter, we just passed 15,000. So, Oh, that's pretty Really? Yeah. Wow. Phew. I'm, not a, I'm
2: not a tweeter yet. That's just too much for me. <laughs> but I have a website, which is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
1: You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com. And my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.